0: hi everyone welcome to another episode of out of grief comes art today it is Hallie Williams and Elizabeth Copeland is actually on set live in New York City right now so she's not able to join us um, unfortunately but that's okay she's sending her love and today we have I'm so excited Lisa Snyderman Hey, Lisa, can you hear us? Hi. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hi. Hi. It's great to be here today. Thank you for being here. So Lisa Snyderman actually goes by Lise or A-E-D. Did I say that right?
1: You said that right. It was great. Okay, Thank
0: you. awesome. I just want to always make sure that I'm pronouncing everyone's names right. So um, Lise is an amazing and incredible artist um so i'm just really excited that we get to have her here she's been a supporter of grief dialogues for a hot minute now um she does musical theater audiobooks music um is an author has albums so i'm just really excited that we get to have you
1: and i am excited to be here
0: (laughs) okay so go ahead and tell our listeners what your connection to grief dialogues is and how you know elizabeth and myself
1: Absolutely. So I am also a playwright, as you mentioned. So Elizabeth and I have been connected for several years and I've followed grief dialogues, the readings and zoom plays through reimagine and just received updates. And as you know, Hallie, you and I have connected and you've shared about the grieving project and my workshops.
0: Yes, I, yep, I do. Um, whenever she sends me over new workshops, I'm usually pretty excited and I try to push those out on our Instagram and Twitter and our Facebook. So uh, if you've seen the Grieving project, it's like this really cool um the, the cover picture is this really cool what what is that a picture of? It's it's very artsy and usually I feel like event pictures are really heavy on the text. This is the graphic designer and <laughs> me talking, but this one is yeah. super beautiful like a painting. What is it? It is a painting.
1: And the whole story behind it is that when I was doing the project, it all embodies grief. Mm -hmm. And when I saw this painting, the Mm -hmm. painting embodied grief. And it's very chaotic and messy and colorful. And just like the whole idea of grief not being linear, it is not very linear. It looks more like a a helix. And it's, you know, um, it twists and turns and, you know, has lots of texture. So, yes, um, I'll tell you more as as we go on, but that's the order
0: of that yeah that's definitely grieving that's grief right there like that helix that round and round that you're talking about okay yeah. so um obviously Lise, Lise is a huge artist um with a lot of different mediums I want to really speak about the grieving project today but just you know artist to artist right now which artistic form is the loudest for you I mean, like today, this week, which one is really on your soul? Definitely
1: my playwriting hat, because I'm working on two musicals. So the first is actually adapting The Grieving Project, the one we're going to be talking about today to a musical. And the history of that is that I've been homebound with chronic illness for several years, even before COVID. And I've been missing live theater experience. And I really Mm -hmm. want to replicate it and make it accessible to others like me who may not be able to attend live theater to watch virtually. And so I've been adapting the Grieving Project since 2020. And it is an original spoken word concept musical that explores mental health, grieving and thriving based on my experience with chronic illness. And my plan is to film an immersive live performance, like a stage performance that casts disabled art actors who can speak to the characters on the stories and make oh. it accessible online for chronically ill and disabled communities. So that's project one. Okay. And I'm wow. in the process right now. I workshopped a script last year with the creative team. I'm in development, uh-huh. I expect like my, my uh, timeline, if everything goes well, grant right. funding-wise. Knock like, on wood, everyone. Tw- yes, exactly. 2023 staged reading performance and 2024 full production. But we'll <gasps> see how it all goes.
0: Oh, okay. okay. I'm and- excited. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and then the second one is I'm I'm working on another musical that's a podcast musical, so something kind of fun and new for me Uh that is called Underworld, and it explores the fantastical side of chronic illness where all the underworld's a stage. And why I'm enjoying this project is because it's this opportunity for me, again, to, like, don my fantasy hat, because... In addition to these, you know, hats that I've worn as an artist, I also have uh, created fantasy musical audiobooks for young adults. Yeah. And so this is like this opportunity, except now I'm able to merge illness and fantasy. And before this, I kept those worlds really separate.
0: Okay, so we've got kind of a, wow, okay. <laughs> I, this is, these are kind of a split, but they're very similar. They play off of each other, but it's a split. So, okay, let's back up. You suffer from a chronic illness. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that and that how that plays to your grief story, which has led to your art? Out of grief comes art.
1: Yes. So, okay. And that's kind of how all of this is merging and, yes. and melding. Right. So that helps. Um, to give that story. So I was working full time as an environmental scientist. Um, I was doing water policy to protect the coast of California. And I was also a singer songwriter and I've been doing that since 2006. Mm. So picture yourself, it's six weeks before you're getting married. Uh You're about to go on tour Mm -hmm. to promote your first album Mm -hmm. and you're working full time. Mm. And all of a sudden you get this red painful rash on your nail beds and your knuckles. And you go to a dermatologist expecting he's going to give you some topical cream for some skin irritation. And instead he tells you, you have this unpronounceable disease and he refers you to a rheumatologist and you're 35 years old. And the rabbit hole begins I've heard this with,
0: with illnesses that it's like you, you start with one thing and then it's just like, boom, boom, the next, the next, the next doctor, the next doctor. It's crazy. And this was in 2008. Mm. And
1: so I've navigated and battled, this rare chronic illness called dermatomyositis. It's a progressive autoimmune muscle weakness disease for more than 14 years. And I've been dealing with the challenges of managing it through drugs, infusions, Mm -hmm. therapies, all kinds of, you know, treatments Mm -hmm. to allow me to survive, deal with the challenges and also thrive since April of 2008. And really like the best way to think about it is that This disease attacks and weakens my immune systems and muscles Uh and affects my strength, mobility, stamina, and
0: energy. Mm. Okay, that's a lot. That is quite a bit. I mean, I am overwhelmed for you thinking about this. (laughs) Um, Now, is this disease something that's passed down? Or is it, like, do they know how you, I don't know. Right, I know what you're asking. So the
1: There is no um, causal connections between things. It's not necessarily just hereditary, like you're saying. And there's also no cure. So when they talk about autoimmune, it means that your body is attacking itself.
0: Mm. And in my case, Mm. my
1: body attacks my muscles and my skin. And so... There isn't, you know, there. you can't sit here and say, oh, I had this vaccine and then I got this disease or, right. you know, I was sick and had this disease. I mean, there's all kinds of things right. that can trigger something to happen in your body. Yeah. That, you know, maybe turns on right. that disease. Maybe there is something in the genetics that turns on because of something. But there isn't that causal connection with dermatomyositis. <sighs> so the crazy thing is, yeah, I. You know, you're like when I talked to you before. It's like, well, what do you do about this? You know what I mean? Right. It's like, exactly. So the worst of it was in 2010.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was hospitalized for a month with complete muscle weakness due to a flare, oh. and I was unable to move, and then confined to a wheelchair and forced to undergo rehab oh. to relearn how to sit, to stand, and eventually how to walk, and then sing and play my instruments again. And so there was this whole time right, when my body basically finally revolted, because all my thoughts were at the time were basically, just keep going.
0: Yeah, good. So it was like,
1: just keep going, just keep going until my body finally revolted. And so as my body was waging war on me, Mm -hmm. you know, endless drug cocktails and recurrent infections and fatigue and Right? Uh, physical therapy, all those things. It's
0: commitment. Such what a What did I turn to? Art. I'm sure you did. Yay. <laughs> she's, she's giving me a round of applause. <laughs> art. And I think of yeah. my
1: stories like going from surviving to transcending and thriving through creating.
0: Right. Now, what to would
1: be the eventual missing ingredient, which was grieving? So, yes. like, it's such an interesting thing because a lot of people kind of de- deal with the grieving
0: that allows them to get to the other half the other things what do you feel like you have been grieving right like do you feel like you're grieving your body your health do you feel I mean because there is such a stigma that grief is like well someone died and and they kind of cut it short and this is at least what Elizabeth and I have noticed in many conversations with people and so yours is much more complex yeah well
1: I have to answer this by also saying I hadn't been grieving.
0: Ah, right? so yes. In other yeah. words,
1: I immersed myself in creativity. Uh huh. Uh huh. For years, in order to escape, yeah. in order to counter that darkness. Mm-hmm. So, what I can tell you is that I can kind of start sharing what the grieving journey has led to and how I got to the grieving project, et cetera. But at this point in my journey, mm-hmm. all I was doing was creating. And I was trying to do that because it's like understanding that it gave me purpose and what else do you hold it on to? it reminded me I was not my yeah. illness and that I still had worth and value and identity. And so.
0: I love that. What happened, I love that. It's,
1: it's kind of interesting, yep. you know, because some stories are like, specifically on the grieving story. And this was all like, I had to go through this whole thing. And then it hit me, believe it or not, after Mm -hmm. about eight years that I hadn't processed my illness. And probably because Uh, I was spending so much time hiding behind this creative persona, uh right? And Mm -hmm. I had a yearning to be part of something bigger than myself and to give back. And that moment was when I said, I need to share my story. And so I wrote a memoir. It's called A Light in the Darkness, Transcending Chronic Illness Through the Power of Art and Attitude. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time where I was starting to integrate my illness into my art and understand that I had this kind of bigger purpose of helping others with chronic illness to thrive. And so there was this whole trajectory from 2017 on. I think I completed the book in 18. And I wanted to connect other with others who also were creating to heal. So I collaborated with artists from around the world. I shared their stories. I did this video series with them. And then in wow. July 20, I actually held a free t- two-week online summit called How to Thrive with Chronic Illness and Limited Energy. Okay. And it featured these 60 films that I had recorded from expert speakers over the course of a year okay. while dealing with all of these struggles like getting infusions every month at the hospital for five days each month
0: which like and I, I, that alone is exhausting to me just to, like just to hear <laughs> yeah. you tell me about it but I can't only I can only imagine just the process of having the uh, chronic illness and maintaining it and keeping it and like you said still tying back to your identity like who am I I'm, I'm more than this illness which has now taken over my whole life right? So I'm sure for you, the art was, was this outlet. Okay, keep going. Sorry.
1: Oh, God, no, I'm, I'm totally agreeing with you. The art was this outlet. But guess what? There was Hmm. this missing piece. Still, which was grieving. Oh, yeah. yeah. So as you can tell, music and art are my lifelines. And I can't stop creating. Right. And I think that this has been super positive, like, it's been really nurturing, but it's also been this escape, I didn't have to confront darkness, I didn't have to confront difficult feelings, mm-hmm. and I could live in this, like, joy and imagination and creativity.
0: And place. you've won um, 100 plus awards for it, oh <laughs> yes, my gosh.
1: But, but I kept so busy creating all these years, yeah, that I realized only recently I had forgotten to grieve,
0: Mm, and so that's where the that, grieving project was born. This is where it all
1: starts. Got it. Right? So we
0: were we were focusing so much on like let's create to escape, let's create to escape and yeah. then finally you were like I haven't ta- you know what? okay so I can really relate to this because um everyone knows my dad passed away pretty recently and I just emotionally am so locked down and I'm such a hard worker that I I try to just find any and everything I can to keep myself busy and the sadder I am the the more I create or you know with the art side or I try to find a project to keep me busy and it's in the down moments, very recently probably in the last two weeks or so where all of a sudden I kind of realized I'm like I haven't actually allowed myself to grieve like I'm not sitting with my emotions and taking the time to do that I, yeah. I, and, and the minute that I kind of start to, I, I push it to the side and I'm like, let's create, let's do more. And while it's probably very, yeah. that's healthy to some degree, like what you've done, just like you, there's a missing piece. Like I need to grieve.
1: Exactly. And I think that too, I didn't lose somebody that I dearly loved. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't right, see it right. that way initially. Yeah. Except that I did, in essence. I you lost did. myself.
0: That, yes.
1: And that is just as valid there are so many kinds of grief yes right and so I feel like I skipped a lot of these stages and steps in my own healing and wellness process Mm. and jumped straight to these practices like creating before letting my illness in and I've said this before it's like I forgot to put on my own oxygen mask before attempting to put on one on those
0: around me. Okay, another parallel to any of our listeners who are mothers out there. I feel like motherhood is very similar to this. After having both of my babies, I went through this similar identity crisis of like, now I'm doing so for you, like, you know, we're doing the art to create to di- not maybe distract isn't the right word, but it helps, it helps, it really does. And so, you know, right with babies, you're like, okay, now I have this new human. I'm going to do all the things for them and stay busy. But yes. then you, you have this sense of losing yourself. And all of a sudden you kind of sit up six months later and you're like, who am I now that I've had babies or I've, you know, now that I do, I do the feeding and the snacking every day and the routines and the bath time. And wait, what is, what, who, yeah, the identity.
1: Sometimes you don't even ask yourself that right. because you're just so caught. In the moment up, of going yeah. through, being there for the baby, yeah, you know, and and that's kind of what was the idea for me. I this yeah. isn't a conscious thing. Where no, I was like I'm just gonna escape. I'm just going. To, I didn't even know that this is what I was doing until more recently. Yeah, and so the concept for this grieving project came up honestly at one of my monthly infusions during the mm-hmm. fall of 2019, I played a video that I created that shares my story and struggle with illness and my recovery. Okay, And it's an animated video. Oh. And I played this for an infusion nurse. And she told me that sharing the video and song can help patients get in touch with their own feelings around their illness. That they may not be able yes. to otherwise
0: access. We've had a similar experience with our movie, so it's it's that yeah. it's that like sh- the visuals, the art form, is very helpful to other people to right. to process
1: exactly. And yeah. this is something that two things happened out of this okay. one. It was this video was also one of the first times I started grieving my own illness. Mm. And two, it was a spark for me to create the grieving project because mm. I wanted to use my music to inspire and impact others like me.
0: Yeah.
1: And so the idea was that I shared this uh, uh, idea with my producer back in 2019 called yeah. Thrive. And that's okay. actually the name of one of the <clears throat> tracks in yeah. the audiobook. All I knew is I wanted to share my feelings around the story and this concept was to create this spoken word audiobook that had 14 tracks.
0: This fourteen was 14 a special number?
1: Pages. Yes, I'll okay. tell you. The stages of grieving and thriving. So okay. I had pulled seven stages from renowned psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler Ross. We loved, five stages, love stages, and then adapted yep. those two. Ah, yes. And then I actually said, I don't want to stop at acceptance. I feel like there's more. Mm-hmm. There's not me always being the ever positive news and yeah. you know needing yeah. more love than it. Uh, you know meaning and all those things. I went on and created seven new stages of thriving that were inspired from my. Journey and all of these interviews i have conducted, and you know, uh-huh. artists creating to heal, and artists and experts in the chronic illness field. So, within that, that's how these 14 stages that show up in the audiobook came about.
0: I, uh, this is incredible. So, guys, we have some snippets to play for you. I'm very excited about this. Um, we're not going to play Pain, which is stage two, um, and it's a sample track on her website if you guys want to hear it. But it's my favorite. Um, and one of the quotes is I may look fine on the outside, but underneath I am not the same. And maybe I am to blame for never letting go. Pain is what I know it to me, those words, I mean, at least where I'm at in my grieving, that is totally hits my heart. Um, but she, we are going to go ahead and play some music. Um, actually the first track. And I think, Oh, I'm going to play it. We decided that's going to be a little clearer on the audio. So this is this first one. Do you remember the name of it? Off the top of your head? I do. Okay, go. It's tell
1: me. Yeah, sure.
0: So this first
1: track is a snippet from Tell Me What to Eat, which really mm. plays to the overwhelm of diet and nutrition choices out there. And I'll leave it at that.
0: Okay, yeah. That's that was exactly. Okay, here we go.
1: So I think I'm paleo, but with rice and potatoes and red wine, and chocolate. There's Paleo and Keto, anti-inflammatory, AIP, Mediterranean, Vegetarian, Candida, Whole30, Gluten-Free. And some say eat more fat, and some say eat more meat. So how come it's impossible to know just what to eat? If I want to cut out carbs, Keto is a fit for me. If I want to heal my gut, I should sure try AIP. But if I can't eat cheese or wheat, maybe paleo's the key. So why, why is it so friggin' hard to find, find something, something to eat? eat? Too many choices. Too many decisions. Everywhere I look, there's another book, another scheme. Another scheme. Too many choices. Too many selections. Can't somebody just tell me what
0: to eat? I love it. Yay! <laughs> so, okay, is that you? That's your voice?
1: One of the voices was me, yes.
0: Yeah. And then do you have guest artists? Do you collaborate with people? Or, I mean, to some degree, you're a composer.
1: Absolutely. So um, I, on this project, I had intentionally cast voiceover actors with chronic illness experiences. Really? So, like, I like to involve... <gasps> People with disabilities and chronic illness. Who can in really relate? Projects. That's part of my mission is yeah. to elevate people, uh, disabled artists, and so, their voices.
0: So now, and since so, we're getting a uh, teaser, We talked
1: about the cover. Oh god! For example, Jasmine Raskus uh, struggles with a disease called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, and so she is the you know the person who created that painting. And I had found her and asked her to. Uh, do the artwork for the grieving project. But anyway, so I, I had sought out and found other actors who have uh, different experiences and they could speak to those voices. And so in the audiobook, I might uh, step back just a little bit and say that yeah. what it is, is a uh, 22 tracks that are spoken over musical compositions. Yep. Uh, and it is a story of four different young adults and adult characters including yeah. one that's based on me mm-hmm. with four different chronic illness experiences who plunge through these 14 stages as wow. I was saying uh, and so in essence uh, the grieving project is more than an audiobook because it's this opportunity an invitation that helps you move wherever you are on your journey from surviving to thriving
0: I love this. I've, <laughs> I've always loved The Graving Project and, you know, in the last few years that we've been working to try to promote it, but especially now knowing the story behind it a little more, um, your website does do a great job of explaining every that's everything. So if you guys want more information, it is on her website, which I will link, of course, in our podcast. Um, but I do want to ask you, since you kind of gave us a teaser that you are working on an on stage performance, right? Um, are you looking for more actors and actresses that are who have a chronic illness or is that is that also part of this
1: it definitely will be part of it so over the next you know trajectory whatever the it's year or two year um i'm definitely going to be seeking you know disabled actors professional uh, musical theater actors right Uh, and specifically i'm going to be focusing on the san francisco bay area is where we're trying to concentrate depending okay. on grant funding, as I said. I know how if that goes. If we yeah. get the grant funding, then we want to be able to work more locally in the San Francisco Bay area as our, you know, home base.
0: Perfect. Okay. So people can contact you at the grievingprojectcom right? Yes. Okay. And then I'm not going to read all of her social media handles, but I will certainly link them as along with the website below um, and our description on the podcast. And when we promote on social media and let you guys know that her episode is live. Um, Let's see. I had one more question for you. Of course, I've switched over. Okay, this is our final question that we like to ask everybody. I want you to give our listeners a little bit of advice. But if they are somebody who is like you with a chronic illness and are constantly creating but not quite sure where to channel that creativity and how to push it to the next level, or the next spot for them? What is your advice? What's your two cents? Yeah,
1: it's a great question. And I kind of look at it as like two pronged. One is like mm. the dreamer side, and the other is the practical side.
0: Okay. Yeah. So
1: like on the dreamer side, start with your heart. Yeah, that's I I, I mean, I mean, that it sounds kind of cliche, no, but like it, that's imagination, not. It's not passion and big dreams. Yeah. Or really important because a lot of times when you start into something, it may take years of your life, right? I'm, right. T- I'm describing something. I started in 2019 and may not see a stage performance until 24. That's a long right. time. Right. So you really want something that you're interested in, curious, and passionate about. Uh, that's first. And on the practical side, well, I can speak more to people like who live with Artists and musicians who live with illness, as an example, is mm. being realistic about energy and limitations.
0: Oh, so that's that case, huge! For example, that's great advice
1: between creative pursuits with self-care. Um, That was like a huge lesson that I had to learn the hard way when I was telling you that I did these like interviews with all these artists. I launched my book and I also produced a live event all within like three or four months. Right, And my whole body revolted and caused a flare where I had to go, you know, result in the next nine months of getting infusions, etc. What I learned from that was not stop all creativity. Right. But be realistic. What does that mean? Like in the grieving project, mm-hmm. recording vocals at home on my time, you know, allowing for naps and rest, um, not going to a studio, you know, because help doesn't allow it, working with a team so that I'm not the only one taking everything on. Yeah. And, and in, you know, on that note, like making sure if you don't have a team that you kind of start uh, getting the community, you know, find and foster the community of people that you right. want to be around and work with so that you can, you know, start to have projects because it isn't just like one man is an island or one woman is an island, right? No, you right. have to have people help you. Um, and, and as like with any big projects, you have to think about it like in smaller chunks and just focus on small things.
0: Yeah.
1: And also like for me, don't be afraid to go outside your comfort zone. Mm. I had never written spoken word, uh, you know, because I'd written lyrics and melody before. I've done lots of projects where I I can say I had never. And and I love that about art. I love taking it to the next level and just pushing myself outside my comfort zone.
0: I have a real quick question for you. Spoken word, can you elaborate why and how that is different than written word? I mean, obviously, obviously, we all know spoken word is spoken. But the writing process and creative process, give me a little...
1: Yeah. So the difference for me is that I write lyrics to melody. Right. And so a spoken word thing for me is intentional. Like in my musical, Mm -hmm. I'm using it as a device because I want my characters to find their voices and they speak until they can sing. So there's a reason behind why I want them to speak. And in my musical, the main character without giving everything away, yeah, you don't. know, doesn't find her voice for a long time. And so oh. that whole idea is everything is spoken. Um, so I, it's playing around. It isn't necessarily like rap.
0: Yeah, or, you know what I mean? Right. A lot
1: of times I think of like yeah. the way- of, Like literally I, I, When you spoken. <laughs> associate spoken word, a lot of times we think uh, politicized or social commentary. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of different kinds of spoken word that do speak to that. I'm adapting the idea of words- spoken yes instead of
0: some that's awesome and also how i just want to give you a little kudos how creative of you as well i mean to think about i love i love that your mind is so wrapped around all of your creative processes and you're very um in touch with yourself and in touch with how you like you know what what is your jam you know what works for you and what doesn't i real as an artist i struggle with that in and also in life flow and momming and grieving i i struggle personally with how like what's working with me for me and what what boundaries are do i need to set and and um how do i be consistent and how you were talking about the energy level earlier yeah. too because yeah. because you have created something that's very masterful and very helpful is a really helpful tool to people who are grieving and maybe even not grieving and yeah, through that process we have to remember that you are still battling a disease
1: and I'll speak to that just for a second which yeah. is that I look at my process as grieving like illness isn't is a continuing roller coaster. It's mm. not something I survived, got through and can now be here to share. Right. Right. It's not like, oh, I did that. Now I could talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's During the audiobook process, I had to bring my authentic experience to my performance. In other words, there's this track on there called Shoes, which we, if we have time, we could play it at the end or something. Yeah. Shoes is my hospital experience. And when I wrote it, It was this realization that, oh, my God, me losing all of my independence, me losing, you know, like all of these parts about my identity. I never took that in. I never actually Mm, was like, oh, wow, that hurt. Pain hurts, you know, or whatever. And so
0: I'm giving yourself that nod. Acknowledging. Acknowledging.
1: Well, not. Yeah. Acknowledging is one thing. Feeling Mm, is what I didn't do.
0: Yeah, I'm not good at that part.
1: That is hard. I I do what you do, or or I can't say I do what you do. You're expressing that you're doing something to to not grieve your your father's passing. You know, something like that where it's intentionality. Like I will do everything I can, sort of, to avoid difficult feelings. Yeah. And this is this opportunity to let myself sit with. Yeah. What is this hard feeling? Even if it's uncomfortable and difficult, like. I had to do that to get into that role and character, you know, and mm-hmm. and that made me realize as I was writing it, I was like, wow, this is so much bigger. And when I was done with the audiobook, there was still more. I was trying to realize and grieve about my identity and worth and enoughness that I wasn't ready to confront when I was creating the audiobook. And that may be why I have to do the musical. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's nice to say like, Oh, it's another artistic project. No, there has, for me, there has to be, like, a connection and a reason uh, for me to put my years of my life into right. a project like that.
0: And like, fairly what so. does
1: grieving an illness mean after 13 years? Whew. What if I'm not done grieving? What if I never will be?
0: We're going to sit with that for just a second. What if I'm not done grieving? And what if I never will be? That, Wow. All right, Lise, go ahead, if you can, real quick, I'm putting you on the spot. Can you pull up shoes and play us out? Yes. Okay, and while she pulls that out, I want to say a special thank you to our sponsor, Be Present Care. This episode is sponsored in part by Be Present Care, an organization that provides guidance, support, and conversation for transitions, caregiving, and end-of-life planning. Visit BePresentCare.com to learn more. Okay, thank you so much, Lise, for being here with us today. We... Are big lovers of you over here at Grief Dialogue. So we're just so honored that you were able to um, be on our show today. So without further ado, she's going to play one of her tracks to play us out called Shoes from the Grieving Project. Of course, if you are interested in obtaining this audiobook, you go to thegrievingproject.com. And I, of course, will link everything below. And here you go, Lise. Take it away.
1: Four. and guilt I was independent and I was strong I had passions and songs and was free to follow dreams I didn't even give it thought until it was gone along with what made me me I'm walking, I'm eating, I'm talking, the next I can't swallow, depleted, defeated, my body's drowning, and I have nothing left to give. Then, I'm lying in some strange bed, unable to move.
0: so much for sharing that with us that was awesome
1: thank you it was great to be here and connect and uh, to all of your listeners keep shining and don't forget to grieve
0: don't forget to grieve all right guys this has been another episode of out of grief comes art thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you next wednesday Bye bye